Episode 98 of the Plus One Player Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Steve, and I'm joined this week by the Android Queen, Kate. Hello, Kate. How are you this evening? I'm good. How are you? Doing swell. A little tired. We're getting really busy at work, so... I'm, but I'm, I'm excited now, because we're going to talk about video games, so that's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good start. And so, we're joined this week by a very special guest. It is Caitlin Galiz-Rowe. How are you doing, Caitlin? I'm good. How are y'all? Doing swell. Happy to have you, because especially on such short notice, because we, we literally just chatted yesterday and you were like, yeah, I'll be happy to join. So thank you so much for spending this Wednesday evening with us. Yeah, no worries. And so if you don't mind telling the fine folks out there who li- who love to listen to the Plus One Player podcast weekly, they're great. So if you don't mind telling them a little bit about yourself, where they can find you on the interwebs and what you like to do. And uh, also we'll spice things up. Maybe give a a couple of your favorite games as well, so that way people can get to know you that way, too. Okay. So I'm Caitlin, uh, obviously. Uh, I use she or they pronouns. Um, I do a little bit of freelance games writing over um, mostly a gaming magazine, like gay gaming magazine just face it out because it's hard to tell (laughs) Um, if you just say it normal um i also run a site called uppercut which is a games and like media crit site uh we do Mm -hmm. a couple podcasts and put out written stuff and all that kind of jazz um and then i also just do uh, a couple other random more niche podcasts um i have one about fallout boy and one about riverdale um and then uh favorite games uh my all-time favorite game is probably battleship brigade um, oh wow i don't think i've ever played that one it's dope everyone should play it <laughs> um and then i also really really love dragon age origins and two oh girl <laughs> i love dragon age so much dragon, dragon age fucking rules except for Inquisition. Yeah. i didn't like inquisition but yeah that's a different that's a different yeah. Podcast, <laughs> um yeah those are probably the main ones i probably have others but i won't i won't get too too wild with game faves um so we can like do a podcast <laughs> sounds good and where can they find you on twitter as well oh uh, you can find me at cg and eight r's perfect because <laughs> i was when you sent me the discord name i was just like counting out the r's i'm like all right <laughs> I think, I, I think I got it. Yeah, it's the worst part is that it's not consistent across everything because, like, for for some reason, somebody already has that on a couple things. So like, that's wow. that's amazing. I, I know. So like on Twitch, it's like nine R's, and I think I think it's nine on a couple other ones just because seven and eight were both taken. Yeah, that's um, why I have many underscores in my Doctor Mantis toboggan names because it's uh, <laughs> apparently very popular with the Always Sunny fans. Yeah, it's. I didn't think that that many R's would be popular with anybody else, but here we are. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. So again, yeah, thanks so... again so much for hanging out with us. So we do have some fun things to talk about as well as a little past the stick, so we get to actually talk about what we've been playing lately. But before we get into all of that, again, conspicuous by his absence, Manny. And it's, you know what? He's being a ghost again. Like, he's just like, this weekend, it's like ghost weekend for him. So he's just like doing these weird things where he floats around like a ghost. I don't get it. Maybe I'll learn more when I get to talk to him this weekend when we do ghost stuff together. It's going to be fun. A little early. It's not Halloween yet. Ghost Recon. Uh, Beta this weekend. So that's why we're ghosts. But anywho, 
Before we get into ghost stuff, I do have to keep the house clean, so follow us on social media. We are at Plus One Player on Twitter Instagram. That's at Plus the Number One Player. And you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Plus One Player. And of course, our website, which is Plus One Player.com. There you get all the content, all the podcasts, links to Twitch, which is Twitch.tv slash Plus One Player, and a link to our Discord. We have an amazing community. We'd love to have you, unless, of course, you're racist, in which case, I don't want to do ghost stuff with you any weekend. So, see you later. After all that, if you've enjoyed hanging out in the Discord, if you've enjoyed our content, go over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two, because every dollar you give us goes right back to the show to make it the best podcast around. We have a great group of supporters, and it's the last episode of the month, so we'll be shouting them out at the end of this episode, so stay tuned for that. And we can't finish up housekeeping without mentioning the biggest Patreon supporter, and that's the sponsor of the show, Nerdiest Brands. But I'll tell you about that before the topic, as I normally do. So with that, the house is clean. We're ready to get into Past the Sticks. And so I'm going to pass it over to Caitlin. You're the guest. So what have you been playing lately? So let me tell you about a little game called Greedfall. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. We, I think I, we've all been playing that. Yes. So I reviewed it for gaming. Are y'all fans? Because I was not. Um, so far, I, I like certain things. I like the aesthetic of the setting, but I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like we've seen the, the colonial aspect done a thousand times. There are certain things I am enjoying in the sense of I do like going from like character to character, talking to them, finding new quests, and like doing quests in different ways. So in terms of like doing my like checklist style of things, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like I can definitely see sometimes I'm rolling my eyes at some of the things my character has said. Like one time he was like, Well, do you know who my uncle is? And I was like, Come on, don't be that <laughs> fucking guy. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I played it for review for gaming and I, by the end of it, I was like, I just need it to be done. I just need it to be over. I'm so done with this. But it was just, and I think if I didn't have to play it for a review, I might've enjoyed it a little bit more because I wouldn't have been Mm -hmm. like trying to push through like a 30 hour game in like a week. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Didn't love it. I didn't feel like the story was like meaty enough, I guess, to really like have fun with it i was just kind of like why am i doing any of this um Mm. but so i played that and then i played a little bit of untitled goose game last night yep that's a delight (laughs) yeah it's fun it's cute um i kind of suck at figuring out how like how i'm supposed to accomplish objectives but it's a walkthroughs are for so (laughs) whatever (laughs) And then, um, have y'all heard of Armello? I have not. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's supposed to be like if a board game was translated into a video game. Okay. Um, and my, oh. my girlfriend really wanted to play it together. So I bought that and we were playing that last night. Um, and I should have done the tutorial cause I didn't understand anything <laughs> that was happening. Uh, but it was fun. There's like weird anthropomorphic animals and they're, they're fun. I played a giant turtle lady. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds actually very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's pretty much all I've been playing lately. So what was some of the things that you didn't like about Greedfall? Was it just that like it, it kind of was just like drawn out a little too much where it didn't need to be as long as it was? I think that so what I said in my review is basically like I think they were really trying to chase being a BioWare RPG mm. oh, and yeah. They, but like, they, I feel like they were trying to like modernize a lot of stuff, and I think they kind of went after stuff that didn't really need to be fixed. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really care for the skill tree. Um, I think that the way it looks is weird and like kind of obtuse. 
Mm-hmm. And then too, like, you know how, like, you can invest in the abilities or whatever that let you, like, do lockpicking or charm yeah. or whatever? Yes. Like, I don't know how far y'all are in, but there got to be certain missions where it felt like if you weren't investing in certain trees, like, you were just kind of fucked. And, Ooh. like, I d- and, like, you can respec, which is cool, but when you respec, it undoes everything. Mm-hmm. So you have to redo all your points and stuff, and it was, like, really, really tedious. Mm-hmm. And then, like, two, I just, like... The colonialism thing is, like, a whole conversation, but to me, just, like, when I got to the end of the story, I was, like, I don't think that, like, the colonialism aspect was, like, I think they just wanted to use it as a set dressing without really having, like, a coherent story behind it, and I was, like, I Like, I thought that, like, the first part where you're in the city was so detailed and interesting, I was, like, I would so much rather have just, like, played, like, a Game of Thrones-ass political game in this setting Mm -hmm. than, like, running around on the island, honestly. Like, I felt like they had a really cool setting there, and they just kind of... Yeah. Like, nothing on the island ended up being as interesting as that. Yeah, because I just got to the island today, and so the first part was great. I did all the side missions I could do, because I didn't want to leave Yeah, there's a ton right off the bat, (laughs) and then you never go back there. I was like, why is this so established if we're (laughs) never going to be here again? Yeah, because they were like, you sure you want to go? And I was like, well, well, maybe not, actually, now that you're giving me this <laughs> second chance here. So I just got to the island, so I, have, I definitely have a lot more to uncover. I did, I thought, because I, I think the combat, it's weird. Like, some aspects I like, but then, like, getting in close quarters, I really don't like. I'd rather be yeah, trying to do, I like, like, range stuff. I like the gun. The gun is extremely OP. Also, um, oh, yeah. if you're going to keep playing, uh, don't forget to change your gun. <laughs> Because I played half of the game with a starter gun. <laughs> and, and, like, and I just never thought about it. And then I was like, oh, shit, I have a different... And I was like in the Uppercut Discord like voice channel playing this. And I was like, oh, shit, I have like a four-barrel gun? Sure, I'll use that. And then it was just me screaming because I was like blowing people's heads off, essentially. <laughs> this is like, way better. <laughs> yeah. So I liked that. And then also, I like the... I like being able to Sparta kick people. Mm. Um... I thought that was fun. Other than that, yeah, I don't know. The combat's, like, fine. It's, like, older witchery. Yeah. I I think it's better than Inquisition's combat. I was not really a fan of Inquisition's Mm. combat. Yeah, no. All right, well, if that's what you've been playing, feel free to pass the sticks over to one of us. Uh, Kate, do you want to go? Sure. Um, So I've also been playing Greedfall. Um, I don't... I think I'm, like, in between the two of you where I haven't beaten it, um, but I have been running around the island quite a bit. I, I don't know. I'd say I'm, like, 15 hours in, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I I don't like the combat very much at all, um, mm-hmm. and I've found myself sort of, like, avoiding encounters or running around people or whatever, which I never would do in, like, a Dragon Age or a Skyrim or something, just because, yeah. like, I'm like, eh, I don't really feel like dealing with this and there's also so many wild animals they're everywhere all the time and it's always (laughs) the same like three kinds yeah so i've just like like i like you i like the gun but like ammo is pretty limited and i don't have points in science or whatever it is that lets you craft yet just because i've been investing in like okay lock picking seems more useful you know charm is more useful so yeah i've been kind of like saving my ammo so i'm avoiding fights but you know so far i like the quests a lot um i like that there aren't really any meaningless sort of like 
just dumb fetch quests. I like that yeah. all the quests kind of have like a tree to them where it's sort of like, yeah. okay, X leads to Y, leads to Z, leads to another quest opening up or whatever. Like, I feel like they're pretty well thought out. Um, the story is fine. <laughs> like, it's it's a yeah. C. Like, yeah, I don't hate like, it. I don't love it's it. There. I don't feel like completely drawn in or really compelled to like, oh my God, I got to get to the next objective or whatever. But at the same time, like right now, at least where I am in the story, it kind of works in that you're just like this diplomat that's exploring the island and talking to people. Um, so, you know, it doesn't have like that strong antagonist yet. And I yeah. don't know if it ever gets one that I think really helps drive the urgency of the plot. Okay, she's <laughs> shaking her head. So, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, I think that would like help. It. Yeah. But I mean, I, as a Dragon Age fan myself and just an RPG fan, it's like, I don't know when we're getting another one of those. So I'll kind of take what I can get um, at the moment. So, you know, party based RPG, companions, all that good stuff. That's kind of cool. So I- I'm enjoying that aspect of it. Yeah, I would say, like, one of the, the things that I really enjoyed was the way the side quests can kind of, like, build off of each other. So I was doing, like, one quest where I was, like, helping these historians try to flee the city. And then in order to get that done, I go to the guy and he's just like, you actually need to do something for me. And then I have to decide how I want to do that favor for him and whether I'm going to, like, be honest with him or lie to him or things right. like that. So I kind of like that aspect of it and it, it like you said it's given me a good reason to actually go do side quests instead of just like you need to go get this amulet from this mountain why because i want it yeah <laughs> yeah i did like that they didn't have like a ton of fetch quests although i don't know like every single quest ends up kind of being a rabbit hole and eventually i was like maybe a fetch quest would have been fine just to break <laughs> yeah. it up because it's like every single one is like Oh, you thought you were done, but here's another aspect, and I was like, "Oh, okay, right. I all right." And that might have not felt as bad if I hadn't had to play it in such a rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, you're yeah. definitely right that they they are definitely kind of rabbit holes. Other than that, just still plugging away at Fire Emblem Three Houses. There's so much, you know. There's like all the different routes in that game, so I'm getting on board with another route because um, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that were not answered in the first one I played, um, which is fine. Um, that that I think that's by design. Yeah. So I'm trying to get some answers to some of those questions in another path. Um, nice. And new DLC came out, but like it's kind of stupid. So <laughs> it's like dumb outfits for people <laughs> that are, I don't like. <laughs> so so hard pass on the outfits. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they gave them like gym outfits, which I'm like. This is just what I want in my JRPG fantasy game, like soccer uniforms for my students. Like, no, yeah, this you is gotta dress dress right for gym class, you know. Go yeah, to sweat. It, it, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's that's what I've been playing. What about you, Steve? I like you both have been playing a lot of Greedfall, but I think we've covered all the aspects of that one. I've been playing a few indies, so I played Mutacione for uh, to write a review for that. So feel free to go check out that review at plus1player.com/read. Little plug there, and I loved it. I honestly could not stop playing it. The that's one of those games you absolutely need to play with headphones because it's all kind of driven by the music where. 
you are playing as Kai, and the the basic premise is you have to go to the island or the city of Mutacione, which was kind of wiped out by a meteor that turned everybody that lived there into like friendly mutants. And so you have like kind of this big, almost like toad-looking individual, and then you got um, Mew, who is like a cat person. And so you have all these different types of characters. They all have incredible stories. Like uh, when I interviewed Doug Wilson at uh, PAX West for this, he had mentioned that it's very much like a soap opera, like a mutant soap opera. And that's what it really is. It's like, I saw somebody else on Twitter today. I can't remember what it was, but they were just like, it's all about hot goss and chill beats. And I was like, that's pretty (laughs) much what Mutazione is. And every time you kind of like plant a new garden to bring life back to the city, and while you're bringing life back to the city, you notice like the grandfather's getting better and you kind of see what how that's all tied together. It's just so serene to sit back and just listen to the different tunes that you get taught because each garden that you plant has its own mood. Like there's a melancholy mood. There's like a spooky one. That one was my favorite for sure. Like the, mm-hmm. I love the little tune for the spooky one. But yeah, that's a game I highly recommend. It's out on PS4 and PC absolutely fantastic loved every minute of it it's one i want to kind of go back and play like i've done i kind of did everything but i just want to go back and live through those characters because they have a great comedic relief character set they're called the sausages and they're like (laughs) these little sausages that basically like work down underneath the ground to try to like figure out the best way to like keep the city healthy and things like that but every time (laughs) you go up and talk to them they just always have some funny little thing going on like one of them is always trying to pitch like a new marketing idea like this must invest product and the other two are always just like you're crazy like no one's ever gonna buy this but they're just perfect it reminds me of just like minions and stuff like that and like all those types of media but uh yeah mutazione go check it out really enjoyable I also played a little bit of The Great Perhaps. I got to play more of that one, but it's like this 2D, very colorful. I feel like it's not hand-drawn, but it's kind of like that cartoony style animation. And your main mechanic is this lantern that alternates between present day and what like what this world was like in the past. Because you're the spaceman who was up in space when basically the world was obliterated and so he goes back down and then he's trying to figure out like what happened so you kind of have to use that to figure out the puzzles and avoid the impending danger there's some some sinister things that are approaching you but that one's a lot of fun and then i finally finished up uh, at least like the first set of ape out i'm now doing the, the second the harder levels that game is just such a joy you just run around as this ape smashing through things throwing people like off buildings and stuff and the ending was <laughs> Man, I'm not going to spoil the ending for Ape because it just, it literally hit me like a truck. And yeah. uh, it uh, it just comes out of nowhere and like you're kind of like having that moment. It's like, holy shit, that's how they're going to end the game. Um, and then to finish it up, I've been playing Goose Game and Untitled Goose Game. It's such a delight. I saw, I think it was Austin Walker. He had basically called it Hitman, but with yeah. a goose. And it's, that's what it is. It's Hitman with a goose. Like you go yeah. around and your whole you have a checklist of things you have to do to just fuck with people's days. And you get to run around, you get to honk. It's great. Can't recommend that one enough. It's such a delight. And I I, I do wish it was a little longer because I know I am close to the end, but I definitely feel like I've I've gotten more than my money's worth with that game. But I I'm hoping that maybe somewhere down the line they'll give like additional levels and stuff because it really is just so much fun being this pestering goose. <laughs> yeah i think there's only like four levels right yeah it's it's not very long but 
Because, like you were saying earlier, there are some tasks that you have to do where, like, I got hung up a bunch of times, so I was like, well, I can't find, like, the one thing I need, and then you always have to go kind of outside the box, so to speak, to try to figure out what exactly they need to finish that task. I think my favorite one was when I got dressed up in a bow tie, because you have to, like, <laughs> there's, like, a goose, like, a goose <laughs> statue, and you have to hide the statue from the woman so she doesn't put it back, and then you have to take this bow tie and leave it in her field of view, and then stand in position and then she puts the bow tie on as soon as she let go i honked at her and ran away it was great (laughs) (laughs) so much fun but yeah that's what i've been playing a lot of indie stuff recently which is Mm -hmm. you know just another great reason to use my switch yeah i've been i've been having a good time a lot of games especially a lot of games coming out like got the ghost recon beta this week ghost recon comes out next week shadow keep comes out on tuesday Mm. and a little tease for some folks I may or may not have this little Destiny podcast side project that we're going to be launching soon, so keep your ears out for that. Mm. So that'll be fun. But that has been Past the Sticks. Let us know what you've been playing out there. Give us a call at 347-509-5620. We'd love to hear from you. And now we head on into the topic of the podcast. But before we do, the show is brought to you by our sponsor, Nerdiest Brands. So go check out nerdiestbrands.com for all of your amazing nerdy fandom desires they have everything and like i said last week they just started making beanies so if you want an awesome nerdy beanie you got to head over to nerdiestbrands.com that's nerdiest n-e-r-d-i-o-u-s brands.com and use the code plus one discount that's plus the number one discount to save 15 percent on your order so go check them out and now we're gonna hop into the topic of the podcast, and I just realized I definitely didn't mention the topic at the start of the show. So what we're talking about is the state of play. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, so the state of play happened yesterday. We're recording this Wednesday, so it happened on Tuesday, the twenty fourth. So we're gonna start off just kind of going through the structure of it. Now that we've seen a few of these state of plays, now we know what to expect. So how did that kind of live up to our, our I guess, our expectations? what games that they showed kind of stuck out to you. And then we're going to close it out with a bigger discussion on The Last of Us because that was the big item from State of Play. There's a new trailer. So we're going to talk all about that, break down the trailer and have a discussion there. Uh, We do have a voicemail too from our good friend, Rianne. So we're going to play that in the discussion because she actually called in about The Last of Us trailer, weighing in on her thoughts. So we're going to cover all that. So just to kind of kick it off, what were some of your general thoughts on it in terms of how this presentation went compared to the previous ones? Do you think that they've kind of found their stride? Do you know what to expect now when they say we have a state of play coming next week? Um, so let's kick it over to Caitlin. I thought it was fine. I think that honestly, like most companies are probably going to start moving towards like state of plays or directs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I think it mm-hmm. just makes more sense than doing all of the big show press conferences. Um, but yeah, I thought it was fine. I mean, it wasn't anything like wild, but yeah, you know, it got the job done. I agree. Yeah. They just didn't, I don't know. There wasn't like a lot of big ticket items in this one, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. like the format is fine. Like you said, um, you know, it, it was all of that was fine, but it's just like in terms of stuff that they focused on, I was just kind of like, eh, Okay. Cool. Yeah. Next. Yeah. I kind of think it was just because like we're kind of heading towards the end of the generation though too. So I feel like sure. just yeah. I don't know how much is left for them right. to yeah. really show off. You know. Definitely. I yeah. agree. And because I, I saw a lot of people, well, I saw a few people I follow. They were mentioning that they're kind of let down. I think 
because I was one of those folks who definitely thought we were getting a Batman Court of Owls announcement because you got WWE uh, Montreal teasing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I, I blame myself because I keep letting myself just believe that this is going to come when it's probably not going to come anytime we think it's going to come, but yeah. oh well. I don't, I don't know. I guess my thing was like, I, I, I understood, I guess, kind of why people like associated the two. Because, like, I know WB Montreal was tweeting stuff, like, right before it. But, like, yeah. I, I didn't get the Sony connection specifically. Because, like, I everybody thought it was going to be stuff state in the of... past. Yeah, but I was like, yeah. they didn't say anything about the state of play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was they, just a bunch of symbols. I mean, they didn't say, they didn't really say anything, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's that's how, like, yeah. when the internet's up left up to their own devices, they just run wild. Yes. Because we get, like, this little thing where, like, it must mean this, right? Like, we can't be yeah. wrong. And then when it, it doesn't happen, we're just like, what the fuck? But yeah. I, I was hoping to see a Court of Owls again. Like, I, I feel like at this point, we all know that's coming. So I don't really care that it wasn't there. I do feel like yeah. this is I mean, now I the Court structure. Of Owls, but I want Rocksteady to be making a Catwoman game more, and I am perpetually oh, yeah. disappointed by that. So <laughs> I'm not really like sad that everyone else was disappointed by this because I'm like, good, now we can all suffer. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I loved playing as Catwoman in Arkham City. Yeah. And then I feel like Arkham Knight, you only get those small moments with it because I'm actually, I'm actually replaying Arkham Knight right now because it was free mm-hmm. last month, so I, I re-downloaded it. But um, I think one of the things I've noticed is, like, this is kind of their structure now where it's, like, you know, a few small announcements, like, this game that we previously didn't have, it's coming over, quick little mm-hmm. stop with VR, what's coming to VR, and then they all, they're going to close it out with the big ticket item, because they, they did it with the Final Fantasy VII one, um, they kind of did it with, like, the, the Days Gone one, like, the month or two before Days Gone was yeah. coming out, they showed, like, yeah. a big trailer for that, so. Oh, that was this year. I know this year has been a long one. Year. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a long year because I remember at the beginning of the year we're like, ah, it doesn't look like a lot of stuff's coming out, and then all of a sudden the second half we're drowning. Now it's yeah. <laughs> but so I, I I don't mind the presentation. I'm cool with getting you know one big thing each one. I yeah. like that it's quick, and I there were yeah, some stuff that kind of I guess jumped out to certain people. I noticed that a lot of people were excited about uh, humanity coming to ps4 when i was watching that i really didn't get what i was watching for a minute i was like what I was, for a second i was like is this like a commercial for like ps4 or something and i was like oh this is actually the game it's it had my brain in such a pretzel that i was like now i kind of need to try this because it looks very intriguing like you had just kind of like moving people like just waves of people on and off yeah. platforms and then all of a sudden people are shooting at each other and people were like melee fighting i was like everything is happening so quickly here <laughs> Yeah. But that was what they kicked it off with. I thought that was, it was kind of a, in my mind, it was a good kickoff because folks like me who hadn't really heard of humanity didn't know what was going on. That immediately is going to get us to watch because now we're like, well, what is this? Like, what can I find out about this and kind of hook people's attention? Let's just kind of go around. What were some of the games that, if there were any, that kind of jumped out to you that you thought maybe you'd be interested in trying? Maybe it wasn't on your radar before this. Or maybe it was on your radar, but now whatever you saw yesterday just kind of solidified that fact. So for me, and probably like just for me, <laughs> um, I'm interested in Watam. Um, it's by the creator of Katamari, which I love. So when and I was watching that, I just did a quick it... note. I was just like, Kate will like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I actually met him at PAX two years ago. Oh, nice. And... He was promoting it and I felt really bad because like myself included, 
Um, just wanted to talk to him about Katamari, and he's got like this nice Watam thing display and everything. Yeah. And he's like, he was doing autographs, and he was actually like, "I'll draw you something with your autograph," which was really cool. And mm. everyone was asking for Katamari instead of his new game, so I felt kind of bad, but I also <laughs> know that I like Katamari, so I wanted him to draw Katamari for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I don't know what it is from the trailer. It looks colorful and weird and cute just like katamari so i'm sure um it will be just as fun as katamari and kind of whimsical and strange so i'm definitely looking forward to that but i also realize like i'm the niche market (laughs) (laughs) hey honestly good job on them because they're showing that type of stuff and because they did have a lot of different games that would appeal to multiple different kind of niche fan bases which i thought was pretty cool and I, I will also say um, I'm not a Call of Duty player. I never will be. Um, but I thought that the trailer for that was good. And I was like, if this was a single player game, I would play it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, they do I have the, s- the campaign. I know, but that's it's not. It's going to be like eight hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not what you buy Call of Duty for, what you play it for. But if it was just a single player game, I was like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. The graphics and stuff are really good, you know looks like a cool little war situation but yeah i realized that that's not really the focus of call of duty but yeah they know what they're doing by bringing captain price back they're like well i mean they'll recognize the mustache so we'll put him front and center like i i enjoyed playing the beta past two weekends i think it's the best the game has felt in a while I've seen a lot of people compare it to kind of what Battlefield has done, and I saw some people kind of like putting it down because they were kind of mimicking Battlefield, but hey, Battlefield was a very smooth shooter, so I'm cool if they're going to be like, yeah, let's try to incorporate incorporate some of that. So again, I, I was always someone who enjoyed playing through the campaigns in Call of Duty, for better or worse, there were some okay ones, there were some ones that I was like, well once it got into space i was like all right that's <laughs> that's too much but um yeah no I'm, I'm looking forward to that one i thought it was kind of weird because i get why they had it shown because they were like oh the survival mode is exclusive to ps4 for a year okay. it was just, i just felt like it was almost kind of shoehorned in there because like we all know like call of duty doesn't need the added press that it's gonna sell like it's gonna yeah. sell tons of games so i mean Oh, well, I mean, it was there. But uh, any other ones stuck out to you on uh, other than those ones? Those were the big ones for me. Um, I guess the other yeah. thing kind of worth mentioning, not that I'm going to play it, but um, L.A. Noir is a really good game. It's now available on VR, apparently. So Well, I think it's if... just like the, the case files. So I don't know if yeah. it's like a the full thing. But hey, I mean, that's still Well, but they showed cool. him driving and they showed him yeah. like doing a shootout at a bank. So that... That's I'm guessing kind of it's the like side a, activities that you do yeah, in LA a small anymore, so. a small subsection of what yeah. you do. Yeah. Yeah, I um I don't know. I mean again, I'm not a VR person. Um and that's definitely one that's just like really good that you should probably just play on like the remastered version or whatever it was that came out for PS4 I think last I year. I got to uh, play it's that. on Switch too, yeah. 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 Yeah, it is on Switch. So um I don't know if I'm like recommending the vr version but i definitely recommend that game um Mm -hmm. if you haven't played it and you're into that style of gameplay yeah that's one i i needed to check out i think i had borrowed it from a friend or i had bought it and then i lent it to my brother and i think Mm -hmm. it was 
destroyed when his apartment caught on fire. So I don't. I never got to play L.A. Noir. <laughs> oh no. So he's fine. It's it was years ago. <laughs> well, I uh, definitely think you would like it, Steve. Yeah, so. that's. I've been told that a few times. So I, it's one of those things. At this point now, it's like, well, I gotta you know carve out the time. But sure, sure. Time. Yeah, it's it's definitely funny, especially with the like weird, uh, the interrogation prompts where you think that you're doing the right thing and then Cole just like screams at someone yeah. for no reason. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's not what I thought was gonna happen. But yeah. okay. Good. <laughs> I was that just reminds me of the Connor interrogation from Detroit Become Human. He had because I, obviously I felt he's like the they android. took some nods from LA Noir for that yeah, scene. I can see that bit. for sure. Yeah. And so Caitlin, what were some of the games that stuck out to you? Being really honest, none. Yeah. Um this was not a Caitlyn state of play, which is fine. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's not everything is for everybody. Most of the stuff, yeah, like, I'm not a, I, I've never played Katamari, so I don't have a big connection to it. So, like, well, Tom seems cute. Um, yeah. But, and it's, like, something I might give a try, but it's, I, it, like, it was kind of already on my radar before this. So, mm-hmm. it, I wouldn't say that it, like, stood out. And then, like, I've never played Medieval, so I don't really care about that. I have never used VR in my life, so none of the VR stuff really yeah. was, like, interesting to me. Um, I don't play Call of Duty, so I'm not going to buy a PS4 or a PS4 Pro, probably. Oh, man, the Death <laughs> Stranding yeah, thing. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, my god, I'm goodness. not going to buy that, but it looks cool. Yeah. The so controllers really, There really ridiculous. wasn't much that was, like, relevant to my interest in it, mm-hmm. but that's fine. Oh, yeah. And that, just now that we're on the, the Death Stranding console, when they started showing that, I was getting all excited. I was like, ooh, cool, maybe we get, like, a little gameplay trailer same, or something. Same, and then they're yeah. just like, look at this PS4 Pro bundle and the controller. I get the aesthetic. I understand that it's the same color of the baby soup juice, whatever it is. <laughs> but my goodness, Twitter immediately had a field day, which was like, look, Norman Reedus peed on a controller and they sold it, like... Yeah. Like, how could you not yeah. see that that was going to be what everyone was going to think of? But if I didn't already have a PS4 Pro and if the PS4 life cycle wasn't coming to an end within, like, the next right. eight months, probably, then, yeah, maybe I'd be interested in snagging that just for the just the ridiculous collector's item that it would be. It's just literally a PlayStation with handprints on it. Like, I could just get a white PS4 and cool. do it. But Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, know. It, it does bother me slightly, aesthetically, that the controller doesn't match the console and again i get because it like is supposed to be the thing with the baby and then the the handprints are like a different gameplay thing but yeah that's like like you take them apart you don't know like oh that's the death stranding i don't know um but it looks cool again like i'm a bit of a kojima fan so probably some confirmation bias here but you know oh yeah that's like when when that aired manny just chatted me immediately and just goes so do you want to like split this ps4 pro we could just (laughs) share custody of it we'll just send it back to each other every other weekend i was like you know why not let's do it so maybe maybe we'll do that who knows so that one obviously stuck out because i was just bummed we didn't get to see more confusing death stranding gameplay trailers that would send my brain into more of a tizzy as i wait for that game to finally come out um, other ones that I mean, I guess jumped out. I would say it was it Arise, a simple story that actually got me interested because Journey-esque. I loved, yeah, 
And yeah. I love that art style. I love kind of switching between that top down and then going like full 3D depending on, you know, where you're at. It just looked like one of those things that's probably going to have a nice score, nice game to kind of play with headphones on, sit back, relax. It's not going to be like overly taxing. So that one got put on my radar for sure in regards to medieval. So the funny story about medieval with me is back when I was like eight, when I first got a PlayStation, it came with the demo disc and I would play through the medieval demo, but I never got the game because like I could only convince my parents to like get me a new game. if It was like my birthday or Christmas or something. Or if I was able to save enough, you know, $5 a week doing chores to get like a game back then. So I never actually got to like play medieval growing up and the demo was released as like while the state of play was going so i played the demo today i just think it's funny that i might end up going through and just like you know 20 years later i literally just played the same part of it and will never actually play the full game like (laughs) it it, i mean it handles all right like i might dabble with it but it depends on how much it's going to be like if that's a 60 dollar game i'm probably waiting for that to come on sale but if it's like what the crash trilogy was and like the spiral trilogy was like 40 or like Mm -hmm. 30 yeah, I might, I might dabble with that just to see what I was missing as a child. And one other one that jumped out to me was After Party as well. That game looks oh, like yeah. Just yeah. a lot of fun. Like it's just playing of... these like drinking games in hell. Why not? Yeah, it's yeah. super fun. It yeah, looks like a little, well, not not really, but I don't know. It's just kind of something about it reminded me of Monster Prom. Um, oh, yeah, like, I can see that a little bit. That kind of humor, I guess. You yeah, could it's. Say. I would say it's that kind of humor, but like a little bit t- like dialed back, which I prefer because okay. I think Monster Prom was a little bit too much a lot of the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I feel like After Party like flirts with that, but it doesn't okay. quite go that far, which I like liked better. Because um, I played it, yeah, I played it at PAX East. Oh, okay. And, oh, nice. Yeah, and it was it was cool. Um, yeah, I wonder is it co op. Because I know there's like the two people. I actually don't know. The demo wasn't. Um, they didn't say okay. whether you could or not. So I'm not 100% sure. So I think that would be fun if you could potentially yeah. do two player um, together. But yeah. yeah, that looked fun. It looked cute. I liked their take on hellish drinking games. It looked, yeah. <laughs> it looked like a good time. And so those are some of the ones that kind of stuck out to me. And then, of course obviously like it kind of sucks that because i i have mlb the show 19 and like i think it's cool that it's gonna be on ps plus but i was like great now i'm not gonna be able to get anything to trade that in because that's the price is gonna plummet but at least now i'll always have it on my console if i ever want to play it again and then it wrapped up with uh, the big one the last of us 2 so we had the trailer and then we got the release date finally 22120. And I just want to say to Matt Martinez, if if he'll ever show his face on the podcast again, I just want to say, because he called, he called it this big thing back when we were talking about like what to look forward to, or I think it was the next gen system conversation we had many moons ago. And he said, I bet there's going to be like a lot of things that release on 2-2020. And so far, I nothing that. is releasing on 2-2020. They went literally the next day. They're like, we're not even going to give people the satisfaction. We're 221.20. So take that, Matt. But we got the release date. So I think Neil Druckmann like, tweeted out after. He's like, all right, you guys can stop asking me for the release date now. I hope <laughs> it. I, I imagine it probably won't get pushed back because I, I, I've been saying I think we get next gen in the holiday season. But I saw like Wout on Twitter. He's like, I think, because I was talking to him, he's like, I think it might actually be like 
early next year, like by March or something. I was like, that would be crazy, but I can kind of see it, you know, I don't know. So I'm very curious to see like if and when we finally find out more about those next gen things, if like the last of us will kind of do like one of those launches on both or something like that. But so we got the trailer and it was a short one. I think it was only like two minutes, two and a half minutes long, closed out the show and Mm. starts off where we hear um, Ellie talking and then you get the girl that she was dancing with from the E3 trailer from 2018. And then it goes into them being captured. We're left to believe because there's a gunshot. Ellie screams. We're left to believe that her girlfriend is killed. And then it goes into the phrase we've been hearing with this game the whole time. It's like from the very first trailer that we saw back at like, I don't even know. I think it's like 2017 where she was like, I'm going to find him. I'm going to kill them all. So she goes off, see a little horseback riding, a lot of snowy settings. I'm wondering mm-hmm. how much of this game will be in that snow setting. Obviously, presentation-wise, game looks gorgeous. Uh, back as when, when it released on PS3, the original, you could tell the system was chugging, ran much better when it was remastered for PS4. Yeah. So I loved the switch between, you know, cinematic moments, like the the flow from going actually doing action moves and like combat then into a cinematic was very smooth so presentation wise looks great and then it kind of goes through and eventually you see the reveal of joel he grabs ellie by the mouth to make sure that she doesn't get spotted and she's like what are you doing here looking very shocked to see him and he says you don't think i'd let you do this alone so that opened up questions of does she know what he did at the end of one yet or does is that something that they're still gonna find out and then it kind of goes into just it's kind of giving the basic idea of what this story is going to be. It looks like the same kind of the same thing that we saw from, I, I would say just like any time, like anything with like the walking dead where you have like someone's killed and then you go on the revenge tour. And so with that, mm-hmm. I was actually a little bummed because from the trailer from Paris games week, where we had the speculation where we had the new woman who no one knew who it was. And it looked like this was happening before you know, we really got to know who Ellie was in The Last of Us. So there was the speculation, like, maybe this is Ellie's mother. So I thought maybe we'd see more of that. And maybe that's where the story would go. But instead, we kind of just get that same trope that we've seen a thousand times where it's like, all right, she's pissed because her loved one was killed. And now she has to get revenge. And so I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's, I guess, the safe idea in the, I guess, the post-apocalyptic universe to try to do that revenge tour. But I don't know. I thought we could have seen a little bit more with this particular universe. So kind of throwing it out to both of you. What'd you think of the trailer and just what were your thoughts on what the story beats are kind of being laid out in front of us this early on? Was um, The Last of Us 2, did it have a trailer like quite a while ago that had someone getting like strung up and tortured by like a group of that people. was the that was first the one that was one, yeah. yeah so that like was the, i thought no, that, yeah that was the that was the paris games week one that was the okay. one where people oh, were okay. like okay yeah 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 because that was the, with the hammer the trailer but yeah yeah so yeah, yeah, the, yeah it was that was the first controversy around the rest of us too right was they didn't do a content warning and yep. then there right. were like a bunch of kids in the audience of that and that's what they showed like right yeah. and a lot of people were like that's how it like open too yeah, it was like probably yeah. should have uh, content warned that perhaps. Yeah, because that it was, was brutal. That was probably yeah, the most violent the was, series has been. It was interesting. 
Like, that, to me, was, like, what... Who are these people? What is happening here? Mm -hmm. What, like, that made me want to know more, you know? Um, Whereas this one, like you were saying, Steve, it just felt very, like, kind of this bog-standard plot where it was, like, okay... There's plenty of stuff to look forward to in this game, but maybe not the story is is the impression from this particular trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, yeah, that story is, like, not that interesting. And like you said, it's been done on The Walking Dead and, like, other apocalypse type of situations. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully whatever happened in that earlier trailer is still in play, which maybe hints that there's, like, more to the story than kind of the surface-level revenge situation. But those... You know, those could just be the antagonists that Ellie's after. I don't know. So, um, yeah, that was kind of my general takeaway on it. Mm-hmm. And Caitlin? So, I thought the trailer itself was fine. I mean, like, the thing with it is, as soon as they showed, I think her name is Dinah, is the is Ellie's I girlfriend. Think so. Yeah. As soon as they showed like her at the E3 thing, I was like, she's going to die because it's Naughty Dog. There's no way she's not going to die. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, so, and there's been a lot of, like, discourse in the past, like, 48 hours about this online. Um, but basically, so there's a thing, if you're not familiar, there's a thing called the barrier gaze trope, which is essentially that, like, queer folks in media, especially women, don't get to be happy a lot of the time and usually end up dead as a plot device. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, based on how The Last of Us has treated its previous queer characters, um, I was like... Yeah, so Dan is going to die and it's going to be a revenge thing and it's going to be whatever. Mm. So then this trailer came out and I was like, all right, yeah, like nothing surprising there. Um, And then people started having the take of, oh, well, Naughty Dog has been really um, like, I don't want to say deceitful, but they've pulled bait and switches before. Sure. So Mm. it probably won't be that. And I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't really make it better. Because then you just used a shitty trope to, like, dupe people and have, like, a gotcha moment, which that's, like, not good storytelling either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not great marketing. Yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not great in any regard, I don't think. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think it's effective. Yeah, because if that's not the plot line, why are you presenting it that way in the trailer? Yeah. Like, Yeah, and, like, it's just, yeah, I don't think, I think that it was a mistake to do that but also like knowing i also think that like no offense to anyone who enjoys naughty dog but i don't think that like people really really want to give naughty dog a lot of accolades for their storytelling and like i personally don't think that their stories are like that good that we should be giving them the benefit of the doubt to not pull the same shit they always pull because like even if you're old like like I think their games generally all kind of follow a formula to a degree. Like, you play an Uncharted game, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. And so, like, The Last of Us, there's only been the one. But in the one Last of Us game that we got, plus the DLC, three out of the four queer characters died. Yep. So, I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're not going to pull that shit again. Because they like to lean on it. Um, So... I don't know. Like, I'm sure the game will be fine. People will probably like it more than it maybe deserves. And it'll be business as usual. But, yeah, I think this trailer was, like, super mad. I think the conversation around it has been uh, infuriating. Yeah, I think one of the big things that 
kind of do if that if that's what they're doing the bait and switch if that's the route they're going i think it's obviously lazy writing but I, it's something that they wouldn't need like like i was saying about call of duty earlier this game is going to sell regardless like they could have done a quick mashup trailer with just gameplay elements and that would have been that would have satisfied everybody because really what everybody was looking forward to was what's the release date give us that and so if that's the route they're going where they're trying to do the bait and switch, I think it's just going to be looked at as a lazy attempt to get people feeling the anger that Ellie's feeling, but they could get that done in many other ways. Like this could have just been an antagonist faction who was antagonizing their group and they have to just prevent them from taking them out because this is the post-apocalyptic world. You're always going to have to deal with people because as we've seen from literally every zombie iteration, people are the real threat. So they could have kind of built into that a little bit better. And I feel like there's just so many other elements. And again, we've only seen so little of it. So I'm holding off my final judgment. So I actually play through that game probably by February 23rd of 2020. I'll just lock myself in my, my room for the weekend. But I do think that there's so many other beats like we talked about with the Paris Games Week trailer where we don't know who these people are. And I feel like we've never been told anything about them since. And I feel like mm-hmm. that could have been that like interesting hook that could have brought people back in. Like, all right, what is this? Who is this new character? What is her story? What's her relevance to this? And obviously we'll, we'll find out all about that, but not seeing it since Paris Games Week makes me think that it's either not as big of a story element or it's so big of a story element. They don't want to spoil anything about it. And if that's the case, then okay, I can see why you're not going to show some of that newer stuff. But yeah, I think one of the bigger things I've seen from it is like, it really is just taking the page from basically every other post-apocalyptic story. Instead of telling something new in this universe, it's just a typical revenge storyline. And like, we've seen it too in like The Last of Us 1, in the first third of the game, Sarah dies in Joel's arms and then Tess dies basically sacrificing herself for joel so like you see like these main characters like the main female characters getting killed to turn joel into what he becomes that miserable grumpy fuck who's just trying to get ellie across the country and so i don't know i just feel like they are going to fall back into just similar tropes as opposed to trying something new which is something they could have done with this franchise or like this iteration in this franchise they could have built upon the world that they've already set in place and told some new story and i still think that maybe there is that chance but like you said caitlin there's already the seeds planted where it seems like they are following the typical formula because i've played every uncharted game except i gotta play the lost legacy that has somehow fallen victim to the back the backlog but you're right like you know what you're gonna get you just hope that you get improvements on the gameplay mechanics but they the formula never changes. You do the same thing. You're solving the puzzles. You're climbing up things. You're interacting with Sully and Elena. So, like, that never really changed. I will say Uncharted 4 had, I guess, a satisfying ending. I thought that was kind of adorable, how they finally all just stopped doing all this crazy shit and yeah. just decided to live together. But, yeah. I don't know. I think the little that we saw, it, other than the release date, it, 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 it I guess it just kind of made me feel a little bit less excited about the overall story gameplay looks amazing cinematics look amazing but i'm right now my expectations are i've seen the story before and now i'm just playing through it from a different character yeah i don't know 
Um, ever since I read The Road by Cormac McCarthy, I'm just like ruined for apocalypse stories because that book is like so friggin' dark and mm. depressing and like realistic to what people would really be like. There's no zombies in it, but you know, say, same situation, end of the yeah. world, no government, yada yada yada. Um, so yeah, I like it is kind of disappointing to in other media to just kind of see like these same zombie stories happening over and over. Um, like you don't need to go Cormac McCarthy dark, please don't. Um, but there's definitely like other stories you can tell um, aside from just the general, you know, revenge or whatever the plot is in the walking dead these days i don't know it all sort of boils down to the same thing in the end it's you know it's the same thing they just now yeah. they're fighting the whispers <laughs> right yeah, like, well, and like and like that's kind of been a, a big part of my issue with the conversation around this especially like one has been really frustrating to watch um particularly cis white dudes uh come at queer women who are expressing like ups, like dismay at this mm-hmm. and being like well, it's a grim story. It's a dark story. It's an apocalypse story. They're not going to have happy endings. Bra 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 bra. And it's like, the fun thing about fiction is that you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. So like, things can be grim and dark, but that doesn't necessarily mean that every single fucking person has to die. Mm-hmm. And two, like again, it's not necessarily that anyone is saying she shouldn't die because she's queer. It's just that every other queer in the game has died in the same mm-hmm. exact way pretty right. much so like when you only like it's ridiculous that the last of us technically has a ton of representation because it does have four queer characters but it all kind of falls to the wayside because all of them are fucking dead like yeah instead of get, making them a mainstay or you know actually yeah. more integral to the pro- plot than just a plot device they're actually well, aside from ellie obviously well yeah yeah, yeah obviously yeah. the main character <laughs> But, like, but yeah, because, yeah. like, like Riley, you don't even see the story unless you play the DLC. Mm-hmm. And then Bill and his partner, you interact with that for, like, an hour, maybe? And, like, you can miss the stuff about Bill's partner, like, mm-hmm. completely, if you're not, like, reading the stuff in his house. And I think he, like, maybe mentions it kind of towards the end of your time with him. But, like, it's not, like, a super, super, like, front-facing plot point. But everybody mm-hmm. still ends up fucking dead in the end. So it's like, you know, it, it's just and it's frustrating because, again, like you can explore like dark themes and ideas about loss and even ideas about revenge without necessarily having to kill every single person. Like, right. I feel like we got into this mentality between like Walking Dead and um, Game of Thrones that like everybody thinks the only way to tell like a serious hardcore story is to just kill yeah. everybody. And like. Mm-hmm. Like, people deal with all kinds of trauma and loss that has nothing to do with death. And especially right. in a world like that, there's all kinds of, like, fucked up human nature stuff that you could explore that has nothing to do with something that's as simple as just, like, oh, someone died. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, it is, like, a harsh world. And, like people said, death is, you know, everywhere. But I, I do agree with you also that there is just, like, that the apocalypse already sort of, like, that setting exposes sort of like the worst of humanity anyway Mm -hmm. and like there are plenty of fates worse than death or to some people that are worse than death Mm -hmm. that you could explore that psychological trauma or whatever um without actually literally this character doesn't exist anymore kind of situation so right yeah it's it's just a little i guess well i guess we'll see when the game comes out what the plot is but 
that they yeah. seem to be leaning on this um, more sort of bog standard plot is a little disappointing because um, I do think the plot, a lot of the plot of the first one was interesting and especially the ending. Um, mm-hmm. I liked that that was not necessarily what you expected or what we've been conditioned to believe that your good guy video game protagonist would do. So, um, you know, I don't know, maybe they'll, they might pull something out like that again, but what we've yeah. been, what's been marketed to us, that's all we can judge it on for now. Right. So yeah, I think it's fair that if you feel disappointed in that plot point, like you can't counter argue with like, well, it's, it's probably a bait and switch. Well, this is what we've been shown. Yeah, you know. well, even if it is a bait and switch, like, I don't know, using, like, implied, like, sure, queer yeah. character death is, like, not a cute marketing thing to me. Yeah. And, like, that's what's been frustrating about that conversation is, like, people are acting as if that would, like, justify it. And I'm like, that kind of makes it worse to a degree. Like, I don't need you to, like, flaunt queer trauma and then be like, JK, it's fine. You know, like, that's yeah. not, that's, like, not a fun thing to go into a game wondering if it's gonna happen or not yeah sure um so like yeah it's just and especially like i don't know i've been thinking a lot about it too just like the whole conversation around the storytelling has been really frustrating to me because especially too like everyone kind of makes it seem like apocalypse stories have to be grimdark and like i played a game earlier this year um this visual novel called who we are now and it's an apocalypse story but it's kind of the idea of like what if instead of focusing on how shitty people are, we focused on how people try to rebuild? Mm-hmm. And, like, I thought, like, it was, like, a really nice concept. And, like, it's a visual novel, so, like, it's a different storytelling medium. But, like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with, like, not necessarily... Like, like the fact that Naughty Dog was, like, this is a story about hatred. I was kind of already, like, all right. Like, <laughs> especially because, like, they do have a lot of really heartwarming moments in that game. And mm-hmm. I think that you could mm-hmm. still tell a dark story or, like, a heavy story that, like, wasn't necessarily, like, so so nihilistic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's just frustrating in a lot of ways. Yeah, because I would actually really hate it if they sacrifice some of those moments to make it just more dark than it had to be. Because some of the best moments in The Last of Us 1 are when you hit these random spots in the game where Ellie's like, want to hear a joke? And you go and you listen to a joke from her. And there was a trophy associated with listening to all of her jokes, which was just like this cool little reprieve when you're just kind of having some downtime and exploring. And then the moment like that everybody talks about, the moment with the giraffes, where it's like in this chaotic world where you got clickers running around, you got enemies that are trying to hunt you down. They had this like one moment where they got to just sit there with these giraffes and pet them. And like... That type of stuff, I think, needs to stick around because it gives you those moments where it's like, all right, this world isn't all bags of shit rolled into one. So I'm, I'm hoping that this, because it definitely looks way darker than the first one. Like, the, even the first one, which was pretty dark at times, so far the tone that we've seen from all of the trailers definitely leans towards this is going to be way darker than the original. So... I really hope it doesn't sacrifice some of those moments that you actually got to see these people be human as opposed to just, I got to go kill this person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that everybody always says like, oh, it's about humans being terrible. Like, and like humans are the real threat when it comes to like zombie stories and stuff. But I think the reason like we find those stories compelling is because it's the fact that you could go through so much shit and still have humanity. Mm -hmm. Yes. And like still see those moments and stuff. Yeah. And so like, I just, it's going to, be really shitty if they lean into that in 
multiple ways i think yeah i I really hope because i I think that the talent's there where they could actually do something different with these characters because again it's one of it's it's an established franchise so they have that flexibility and so it is a bummer to see them just go down the same kind of one-way street that we've seen the zombie genre go down for what is it like 10 15 years at at least the recent one because i mean even going far back to like dawn of the dead you still kind of have similar aspects in there yeah so i I mean it's it's just like again (laughs) yeah we'll see you know i i don't want to say like oh those moments aren't going to be there you know we don't know that yet Um, yeah for sure certainly that's what they're focusing on the trailer and opening that other trailer with like people being strung up and tortured like that's the first thing we I think that might be the was that the first thing we ever that was saw the first thing we ever saw. Yeah. Yeah. So that is obviously I mean, yeah. establishing. Technically, I think the first thing was like the guitar trailer, maybe, right? Okay. Yeah. And then, that little tease. And then it was that. But that yeah. was yeah, it was aggressive. Aggressive yeah. marketing on that. So that to me is very much like, well, that's the expectation you're setting. Um, so yeah, like nobody wants to play. 20 hours of that just that like no, yeah for sure <laughs> um but yeah w- when you juxtapose those moments with like the moments of humanity i think that is like you were saying caitlin like that's when these stories get really compelling mm-hmm. um to see that people can still like witness that sort of thing or endure that sort of thing and still sort of like have faith in their fellow man like that's the real hero story so yeah hopefully we'll get a little bit of light amongst the darkness. Hmm. All right. So I do want to, like I mentioned, I have a voicemail from Rianne. So yes. Reen being in the discord. So we were actually, cause she's my roommate for, for context, Caitlin, she's my roommate. So we were actually <laughs> chatting about this yesterday when it came <laughs> out. And so she couldn't be on tonight. Cause I was going to have her join us as well, but she's, you know, busy doing like actual work stuff. Crazy. Right. <laughs> doing jobs and stuff but she decided to call in so that way she could let us know her thoughts so let's hear from Rianne. what's up plus one this is green bean orion green bean lord knows how google's gonna translate that one um but i wanted to call in about some recent news in regards to the last of us two in which there seems to be some controversy about the death of ellie's girlfriend which plays on an old trope of kill your gaze now i have to say that that trope is way overdone in Hollywood, the most recent example I can think of is the 100 on the CW. I absolutely use that trope relentlessly. Um, however, I have to say, in The Last of Us 2, it would actually be a little bit disingenuous to kind of not play off of that trope. The goal is equal representation, so why on earth would zombies just ignore the gay people? Um, so as a queer woman, somebody who can definitely have this opinion, I don't think it's playing off that trope. I think it's setting up an apocalyptic, heart-wrenching story, um, which is what we want to see out of that game. So I'm pretty excited to see the route that it takes. I am going to finally beat the first one. I'm only about three-quarters of the way through. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I think the graphics look great. And I think the story is going to be fantastic. So I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Uh, I do not think it's overdoing the trope. I agree that it's overdone in Hollywood, but I don't feel like this fits the bill. Uh, so love what you guys are doing. And, yeah, I'll talk to you guys very soon. All right. Thank you very much for giving us that call, Rianne. So, Thanks, I feel, Rianne. So, yeah, because this kind of going back and forth with kind of like the different perspectives that kind of came out of this trailer 
where because I like when I first saw it, my first inkling was just like they killed off another woman to spark the revenge. Like I feel like every single action movie or like you know tragic heroes like oh i gotta avenge my wife like that's how it goes like, all the time so that was like the first thing i thought of when i saw that because it's like all right it reminded me of the last of us one how like he lost his daughter then he loses tess and then he just becomes t- like absolutely miserable to deal with so i think like because this this was like some of the stuff we were talking about yesterday when i when Rian and i chatted where it's just and what we talked about today where it's just like they're just falling back on a safe trope for storytelling in the sense that everybody has seen this before. So everybody, I guess they were kind of hoping that people just kind of take it in and be like, all right, this is their take on it as opposed to kind of actually looking at it and be like, well, what's new about this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess just like kind of responding to her voicemail a little, cause like, I mean, I'm not going to say she's wrong. Cause like, obviously like you're a queer woman, have your opinion. I think it just kind of, again, for me comes down to like, they killed every other queer in this game already. Yeah. And I just like, it's so wild to me that there were four canonical queer characters in this game and three of them are already dead. Like, it's just, it's, that's, that's such a high ratio to me that it's just, it's really, really, really upsetting. And then two, like, there's something to be said for who's telling the story. And I don't Mm -hmm. know like what the writer's room at Naughty Dog looks like, but I'd be willing to bet there's probably not a ton of queer women in there. Or probably, like, a ton of queer people generally. Just because it seems like uh, it's still a pretty underrepresented group in AAA game spaces. Um, So I'd be interested to see if there were queer folks who were helping out with that story. I think it would make it better. um, Because if it's just a bunch of straight people doing it, uh, it's a little sketch to me. So. Yeah. It'd be interesting to find out and see. I hope somebody, like, reports on that. That'd be dope. But Well, yeah, because I remember Matt had brought that up. Uh, when we talked about the Game Awards last year, when we were going over our recap show, he was like, you know what I noticed is that everybody on stage accepting awards is just like a bunch of dudes. He's like, yeah, yeah. that's not the best. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta kind of branch out a little bit there. So like, because you hope to see it more, but then when you actually kind of have those moments like the Game Awards where you actually kind of see it in front of you, you're like, oh, a lot of work to be done there. Yeah. And I mean, there are queer people in game devs. So I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't folks in the Naughty Dog writing room, because I genuinely don't know. If yeah. I had to guess, I probably would bet against it, but, you know. So it'd be cool to find out. Like, it'd be nice to know, I guess. But mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one of the big things, too, is, like, with what we've been shown via marketing, that's all we, we can go off of right now. And so we kind of... Because that's, that's on them. This is what they've chose to have as their marketing material. And so yeah. these conversations are going to keep happening because this is all we can go off of. Eventually, we'll all get to play the game and then see how the story plays out, see yep. what themes show up, what new characters show up, and if they decide to finally kill off Joel because Joel is a dick. I really hated having to do that at the end of the first one. I really, really hated it. I was, <laughs> I was trying to get out of that room any way I could, and they're like, no go kill that doctor i'm like great <laughs> fucking joel so very interested to see when uh 221 20 comes around but before we close out the show i do have to mention that the voicemail segment was brought to you by evil tim industries evil tim industries maker what? of a new seltzer alcoholic beverage called evil tim seltzy it mm-hmm. has 15 percent alcohol per ounce 
So get fucked up on Evil Tim Seltzy. Evil Tim Industries, more work for your mouth. Thank you, Evil Tim. I really appreciate your support. And so before we wind down episode 98, like I mentioned, it is the last episode of the month. So here are our wonderful Patreon supporters, and they are Alex Mill, Bearshare on Twitch, by the way, Brian Christensen, Carlos Fontes, Corey Porter, Darren Simmons Jr., David Campos, Derek Hauser, Ernesto Martinez, Evil Tim, Greg Kearney, Liz Rodriguez, Maria Dalal, Merovingian, Nerdiest Brands, Riam Aleski, Richard Bresenhan, a.k.a. Toot, Sandra, Tambo, Taryn, the better one, Martinez, and of course, the one and only FaZe. Thank you all so much for your support, month in and month out. We really appreciate you guys. We couldn't do what we do without you. So thank you so much. We love you. Fun fact, Taryn Martinez and Ernesto Martinez have appeared on more episodes of the podcast in the past two months than Matt Martinez. <laughs> my second Matt Martinez dig of the episode. Hopefully that'll lure him out of his crypt so he actually comes Please back on an episode. In. I'm going to keep, keep it. that in. Please, we're gonna, for the love of God. We're going to guilt him into joining us back again because he's just been MIA. And so before we wind down, Caitlin, one last time, tell the folks where they can find you on the interwebs and where you do your writing and all your other video game coverage as well as your podcast all the good stuff where can they find you so if you want to find me the person which is a questionable choice but you're free to do what you want um you can go to twitter.com and i am at cg and eight r's um if you see the stupid and gay header you have found me um and if you want to find the writing that i do and that my friends uh who work with me on the site do and our podcast it's all conveniently located over at uppercutcrit.com or just at uppercutcrit on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And, um, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm bobbing around on the internet on different sites too, but I'm pretty self-promotional on my Twitter. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Thank you so much. So make sure everybody out there, go check out Caitlin's awesome work. You won't regret it. And again, thank you so much for joining us, especially on such late notice. I really appreciate it. Had a great yeah, time chatting with you. Me. And again, if you ever want to come back and chat about video games, we'll be here every week. (laughs) (laughs) And so with that, it's time to wind down episode 98. If you've enjoyed this or any other episode we produce, head on over to whatever podcast service you listen to us on, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, whatever it is, leave us a like, subscribe to us, and write us a review. It goes a long way, and we appreciate the support. And... If you want to be on that wonderful Patreon shout-out every month, go on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two, because every dollar you give us goes right back to the show to make it the best podcast around. And we then you could be part of that lovely group of supporters who we adore so much. And so episode 98 is coming to a close. We hope you have enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed making it for you. And as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, We appreciate you, and we will talk to you all very soon.